0: I, just, I don't just want to be a Christian that comes to church and sit down. I want to do so much more than just be the olabi or wife, be a mom, you know. And 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 God was just saying that this year we're going to be glorious unfolding. You know, for set up the year previous, year, the year was talking about was doing a new thing. The last year was about Thy Kingdom Come, and one of the words that kept coming to my spirit, just kept coming again, was glorious unfolding. And the word that He aid. Be old, I will do a new thing. Now it's just spring for, shall you not do it? So the promises were par- pouring out. It was like giving us a blueprint of what, or shall I say a summary of what this year is going to be about? And as I, I as I look in and just decide to focus on what the Spirit of God was saying, what God was saying to me, I realized something. God has a plan for everyone of us. That's standard. That, you know, Jeremiah 29 says for her, I know the plan that I have for you. A of peace and not of evil, to give us a future and an expected end. But he said the the verses pre, um, after that. He said, "Then you will go and seek after me. You'll go if you can just turn. They just still have an idea of what I'm talking about." Jeremiah 29 verse 12. This time around, you know, most time we focus on the 29, but I wanted to take a moment. I just read out what Jeremiah 29 verse 12 says. He says, Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. So those promises come with a a path to play. We have a path to play. And the path to play requires us seeking Him. We need to seek. So God has this plan for us, a beautiful plan. You know, He's been pouring it in in, in so much words and so much um, prophetic declaration of what He wants to do. No doubt about that how do we get that plan? How do we get to be from the what to reality? How do we become become a, um, a vision board, a, a reality of what God is saying? And that's something that we're going to look at today. You know, in in, in the Bible it talks about the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And that's something that God is saying. For us to live the life that we need to, for us to achieve and accomplish the things that is created and called us to, we ha- need to have a renewed fellowship with Holy we well the Holy Spirit. We are aware of the Holy Spirit. We know we 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 we, we, con- we are conscious of Him. You know, most of the time we look at him as a as a role that like he has a role to play. We look at the Holy Spirit as having a role in our life to pray because the Jesus Christ said, "When I'm going, I'm sending you the Comforter." So we look at the, at the Holy Spirit as okay, Jesus Christ goes to heaven. This is what you have to do for me in my life. You know, but it goes beyond that. It goes beyond what. He's rolled out. He rolled her. It comes into a relationship, and I realize that there's something about the Holy Spirit that enables any person to do what God has called them to. We are spirit beings, even though we live in flesh. The Bible says God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Which means there's a part of our being, the spirit being of us, that need to connect back to the Maker. And how can we connect? Because the truth is, I'm physical. I didn't understand that concept. But the only way our our, our human being, our human mind, I understand, can connect with the Spirit, the, 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 the Father, is through is Spirit. When, God was, when Jesus Christ was going back to, her, to, to heaven, and He said, I'm sending you someone. I'm going to send you someone to continue this journey and path that I've set before you. I'm going to send you someone that will teach you the truth that I'm speaking to you. Because you remember that quite a few times when He spoke to the um, Apostles, it was said that their mind recovered. You know, even though he was speaking, they weren't able to grasp what he was saying. It was like, I don't know, there was a barrier to understanding. But Jesus Christ said, I am going now. But when I am gone, I'm sending someone to you, a helper, a companion, someone that will reveal the truth. And Though he has his own authority, he's not going to take off his own authority. He's going to only do what he's seeing the father do for you. He's going to only give you what is mine because everything the father has is mine. You know, and I began thinking about, okay, oh God, I think I see the connection now. You've been saying you're doing a new thing. Last year, you talked about um, building this kingdom. I know that you're about, you're getting ready to do something. But how do we achieve it? We are physical beings. I mean, I can go ahead and go around and you know, gather up things and people and ideas. But the truth is, for us to build, for us to build the reality of anything on Earth, we can use human physical strength. We are quite intelligent people. We've got humans being doing amazing things. We look at technology, we look at things created. These are done by humans. So human beings are intellectual. They are they're amazing mind. But now God is saying, I want to build a kingdom. That is something totally different. This is not a physical kingdom. God is talking about building is a spiritual kingdom. And how can we physical human being build a spiritual kingdom? It's not possible. He has a plan for me, plan of peace and love of evil. I want to do those things, build a kingdom, seek for this kingdom. It's part of my plan. I want to do those things, but how I don't know. But Jesus Christ gave a clue of what we needed to do. And I think for so long, sometimes we just kind of grace over that. But today I want us to dig deep, deeper into that, And that in the power to achieving all God's promises in your life. But one thing I am grateful for is that God would speak and there's a confirmation of his word. He would say something through his word. He would say something through other discerning Christians and there's a confirmation in his word. The Bible said that I'm not leaving you as orphans. I'm sending you this precious in our life. He is the Godhead. The Holy Spirit is equal to to God the Father, God the Son, and He is God the Holy Spirit. If you look back at the very beginning of creation, in Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1, verse, um, I guess, verse 1, it says here, in the beginning, God created the end and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. There's something He was doing. He was preparing. If you know the Bible referred to Him like an anointing, it talks about Him being a power. The Holy Spirit was charging the world, the empty, formless existence of what the earth was before the creation. It was powering is char- power into those existence And while in Hoover, so I used to wonder what is the point of that hoovering? Is it just to just go? I, I believe it's so much more. An example of the hoovering is that God gave the command. The Holy Spirit was there to create, to begin to bring into, bring the power of creation into existence. Because the Bible says, let there be light. That word, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the word of God became existence. And if you look at when Jesus Christ was about to be born, the very beginning of the conception even the thought of Jesus Christ. They said that the angels came to Mary, his mother. This is in Luke chapter 1, verse 35 now. You know, the creation of the life of Christ on earth was initiated by the Holy Spirit to show us how important the Holy Spirit is and for for us not to take him for granted, but for us to connect to the power that's available to us. You cannot... You cannot take power and authority of something if you don't know that those thing that thing has power. You know, but it says in the word here that um, the angel came and visited Mary, and he said, "The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you." Therefore, also that Holy Spirit, who, the, that only one who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, again, there was another that over Mary. The Holy Spirit will overshadow. That is what he did. The Holy Spirit at the very beginning of time overshadowed the head you know, the formless um, void there, and over Mary, because Mary didn't know a man, but she became pregnant. It wasn't just uh, a miracle of a fault, but there was a doing, through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary, made what was impossible possible, because it is the power of God. And that is the same thing. And also talk about where Jesus Christ was, obviously, after that happened, we saw that we, we read that Jesus um, maybe became pregnant and carried Jesus, uh, born Jesus Christ. Again, in the, before the ministry of Jesus Christ was established, it talked about how it went into the, it went into the will, it went, went to get baptized by John the Baptist, and when that baptism happened, the Holy Spirit as the body as the dove came upon Jesus Christ again, and God said, "This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased." Bear with me. And so this is in Luke chapter 3, verse 22. It says the Holy Spirit descended upon Christ. Now, when Christ was about to start instead going into, the, into the, the synagogue, in Luke chapter 4, verse 14, it says something. Jesus Christ came back. It says, then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. And he was he went into a synagogue, and it was under the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, "The spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim the liberty, to, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the accepted year of the Lord." Then he closed the book and gave it back to their um, attendants, and sat down. And the eyes of all all who were in his God, were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What happened there? Jesus Christ was about to embark on the reason why he came on earth. But he needed something. He needed the presence of God. He needed the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon him. That Holy Spirit, doing that at the point of baptism, he declared that openly that now I am here. I'm about to start my, 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 the ministry that God has called me to. And this was written in the the book of the world, you know. And this was again a show of the importance of the role of the Holy Spirit, because through Him He was able to carry out that ministry, and we know the amazing work that the Holy Spirit did. He was able to do the the, the Jesus Christ did through the the Holy Spirit, through Jesus Christ. The blind saw, the dead came to life. You know, if Jesus Christ needed Him to start his, his His ministry, and then when Jesus Christ died, what else happened? It came back to life. And how did he come to life? You know, obviously, when they were explaining it, it was that just came to life. But if you look for that in the Word, in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, it says here, but in the, in the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the, from the dead dwells in you, which means that it was the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus Christ again from the dead. Why am I emphasizing on the Holy Spirit? Because Jesus Christ needed the Holy Spirit to accomplish His ministry. He needed the Holy Spirit to do things, to do great things. Jesus Christ understood the importance of the Holy Spirit. He didn't overlook Him. He didn't see Him as a as second, uh, second-class citizen. He knew that the Holy Spirit is the power of God. For Him to accomplish things on earth as that's human, He needed power from heaven to be translated into him. And that was the role of the Holy Spirit. So similarly, as we, as human beings, we call ourselves Christian, which we rightfully are. We are Christian because what it means is that we are Christ followers. I'm more proud than anything in my life. The one thing I'm most proud of is to be a Christian. I come from a Muslim background. My family, I'm, I'm praying to I believe in God, that at some point they'll come to, to, to repent and God will just touch them, just the way He did for me. I mean, my story is a story of someone that God had mercy on. So my, my, my thought is that like, God, if you can cast your mercy and your love towards me, I know my family are yeah, definitely We're going to turn them around. So why do I speak so passionately about this? If not for the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is the one who has given us bread, and the bread of the Almighty has given us life. We are created just like Jesus Christ, we are created by the Holy Spirit. And for us to fulfill the things that God wants us to do on earth, we need the Holy Spirit. And why am I emphasizing it? I don't want us to look at it as a function. I don't want us to look at this power, this Godhead, as oh, someone that we just need to open it up to. I in, in where we need it, the side. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit is what is required. The Bible says that for as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. How can we be led by someone who do we do not have a, com- a, a, a a continuous relationship with The fellowship of the Holy Spirit, and I looked as I looked into the word what does fellowship means? I mean? I mean, I saw the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus, which means not standing; He has a part to play in my life, more than in just praying for me. You know, which we most often do. We come to Him and say, "Okay, Holy Spirit, help us to pray." That's important. I need to have a relationship also because in knowing the Holy Spirit, I am knowing Jesus Christ. He is the one that reflects Christ to me. I can know God, you know, I can only read about Him. But the person that makes the word that I read come to life is the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that you cannot call Jesus Christ Lord except through the power of the Holy Spirit. Which means to me is if the Holy Spirit had not convicted my heart of sin, I wouldn't even have the knowledge to say, Jesus Christ, I need you. Come into my life. Be saved. So if this being, if this present is so important, then why do I put him aside and just open the door to him just when I feel okay, now I, I need some serious thing to do. Holy Spirit, come into the room and let's start getting something done. It tells me that I need to change my way of thinking. Jesus Christ might put a several times that Jesus Christ would go out in the, will go would set himself aside to go and pray. That was a communion and a fellowship of the Holy Spirit that was happening. And what does communion and fellowship means? Communion and fellowship means to interact with someone consistently. Communion and fellowship means changing ideas, speaking to someone consistently about our situation, not just talking to them where it suits us. You know, we talk, often we look at our relationship as with just Jesus, but it is through the Holy Spirit because he is the spirit that connects us to the spirit being. You know, we can't do it. We can't build things, or so we can't we can't accomplish much without Him. The Bible says that He is the vine, Jesus Christ is the vine, and we are the branches. And without Him, we can do nothing. Now, the Holy Spirit is also the Spirit of Jesus Christ, and it's also the Spirit of God. So, if we can't do anything without Jesus, that means we need the spirit to help us to be like Him. You know, He is very vital. And one of the things I started doing, um, I I impact on, I like, just decided to focus my mind is. I just want to know Him more. I don't want to, and I really don't know how that will unfold. Hopefully I'll share the journey as we go along. But I want to know Him, I've read, I've read of so many people that have this intense beauty revelation of and relationship with the Holy Spirit. I was, I'm reading a book which I read so many years ago, but I just felt led to go again and read it. I the Holy Spirit, um, Benny Hinn, I don't know if any of us know Benny Hinn. Mm-hmm. And he wrote this book, Good Morning Holy Spirit. I read it so many years ago, and it excited me, but I didn't really grasp it. You know, my mind wasn't ready for that time. But I just kept it just kept coming to me again, and I started to read it. And I was like, oh gosh, there's so much more, so much more we don't know, so much more we carry upon ourselves that we don't even need to carry. So much journey and baggage that just knowing him can empower us to. You know, is more than just a a spirit or a presence. He is our friend. He is our companion. He wants to help us. He wants to reveal the Father to us. Jesus Christ said that when I go, He will glorify Him to you. He will glorify me in you. Meaning that I can do that. And the Bible, Jesus Christ also said in the Bible that He will teach you all things. The truth about the matter is, anybody can read the Bible. Anybody can read the Bible. But not everyone can understand the word reading in them. You know, in short, the Bible is the most contradicting thing if you're reading it on its own. One part is telling you to stone your enemy, another part is telling you to love your enemy. I'm like, how do you reconcile that? But one thing I realized is when you invite the Holy Spirit to help you to begin, it begins to open up the truth. Because that is his wisdom therefore, he is the revealer of truth. It says here in somewhere in John that the Holy Spirit will reveal the truth. It will reveal my truth to you. You know? Why am I sharing this? I've started this journey. I I've just, I, I've, I I've praying eagerly. You know, I get distracted sometimes. I have to refocus myself. And I'm like, God, this year is just starting. I don't want to mess it up. I don't want to get distracted by anything. I need to get this life right. You know, my life is special. I enjoy being a priest. I don't want it to be to be a burden. I don't want to relate to you the way I was relating to you. I'm so desperate to not just leave. religious life. I don't want to be about coming to church and going around. I want there to be a reflection of you in me. I think I'm tired and desperate for a change in my walk that I, I realize that I can't. Without him, I can do nothing. Honestly, we can't do anything but by his power. You know? So I will encourage us, I don't know, in your own way, to just ask him, invite him one of the things when um, uh, Benny Hinn was really writing his own experience was he had gone to a country a catering Kulan ministry. Went to a country Kulan ministry, and in this ministry, this woman came on the stage, and before before she came on the stage, he said feeling tingling and uh, experiencing things that he couldn't explain, and well, like why am I shaken? Am I cold? And what is it? But when the lady came, she said he said he could the presence of the Holy Spirit. Our God is relatable. God is not a God of the past that does not respond. We do not serve and hide. Of. Our God is powerful, and He hears, and He speaks, and He calls out, and He wants a relationship. You know, one thing the world has done is the to the world tend to make anything into religion, even Christianity into religion, where it says, talk up, uh, just go to church or whatever it is," but God doesn't relate or talk to back to us. That is not the God that we serve. Everything that happened in the Bible, in the New Testament, Old Testament, the good, the the apostles, the miracles, the incredible things, the power to bring the dead to life, those things are reality, our reality. So i've been telling them like god why is it that these things happened so many years ago in the bible and that is a power you know and the bible says that the kingdom of heaven is not in words so it's not about the beautiful word, you know i always don't look forward to speaking or to sharing My husband knows that so i will bear you like please can i not share and like no you know you have this responsibility you have to but i realize something is it's not about the word that i speak the bible says that the kingdom of heaven is not in words but it's in power you know, that is when we talk about or when we talk that we are Christians, the true reflections of how Christianity is a reflection of the things that Jesus Christ did. Jesus Christ said, greater works that I did, you will do. So I mean, Jesus Christ raised the dead, we will raise the dead. Yes. Jesus Christ healed the sick, we will shield we will heal the sick. Jesus Christ caused the lame to see, the, no, the lame the to walk, the blind to see, the deaf to talk, those are the things I will do. And not only that, we will do them greater. Yeah. You know, and that gets me excited. Then again, I get frustrated when I look at where I am. I'm excited because there's an opportunity of Im- immeasurable things. You know, experience, life experience that my mind cannot contain. Because when I read the Bible, it's alive to me. You know, when they tell me that Jesus Christ was walking in the, in the, in, among the people and someone touches garments, And the person, you could feel it. I could almost feel myself feeling it. I want that experience. But the truth is anything we do, not including the Holy Spirit, it's not truly a reflection of because the Holy Spirit magnifies God to us. It reveals the truth of Christ to us. It teaches us the way of Christ. So how can we be Christians if we do not acknowledge who He is? And give him the due honor of His presence in our life. In such a gentle spirit that Jesus Christ advocates and appeals to us, please do not grieve him. He's such a gentle spirit that sometimes, you know, we don't know, he, he, he won't even talk if you don't talk to him. Mm-hmm. But as we invite him into a relationship, into a fellowshiping with him, check and see, he begins to speak to you. You know, sometimes we wonder, how does this, how does God speak? And I, I, I used to go through that, like, because coming from a Muslim family, it was very, you know, set in stone what we're supposed to do. You pray and this and that. There was no true, there was no connection and relationship. But when I became a Christian, I mean, so many years after I became a Christian, I would hear Christians say, oh, God spoke to me, and I saw a vision, and I'm thinking, people are really weird, you know, what is this about? And until that cry and that hunger was tearing me and making me so uncomfortable, like, okay, if I'm reading the Bible, and Jesus Christ did experience this thing, and God spoke to him, and the, the apostles, let's even put Jesus, you know, let's use the apostles that are more relatable, they are human beings, they were not, you know, God, air. Eh, the apostles did amazing wonders. God would speak to them. God would use them to do this thing. Why? You know, there began to be a yearning in me that life is so much more than just accepting Him as your Lord and Savior. You're supposed to live. Let Him live through you as your Lord and Savior. It should a reflection of Jesus Christ in our life. And that is done through the Holy Spirit. And He has given it to us. That's what He said as I'm going. You know, He did so much things. It just, time doesn't allow me to go into the details of the things that Jesus Christ used the Holy Spirit. I mean, he walked through the Holy Spirit. When he was going back to heaven, just before the ascension, he gave commandment to the children of Israel, to the apostles, Through the Holy Spirit. You know, the talk the Bible in Romans read Romans in Romans chapter eight, if you want to find a bit more about the Holy Spirit, just read chapter Romans chapter eight. It indicated a lot of things about the Holy Spirit. It's not about how we shouldn't be led by the spirit and by the flesh, but should be led by the spirit. You know, Second Corinthians chapter nine also talks towards the end about who can know the mind of God but his spirit. But if we know the mind of the Spirit, the Spirit that will give us, that will enable us to receive all that God has in plan for us. Christian brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. there's a life so much more than just coming to church. So much more than just sharing and talking to each other about Jesus. There's a power in God that we serve. There's a power to do the incredible. We have the power to change life. One thing, toward the end of the last uh, last year, God was speaking. I just kept hearing it was ask me of the nation, ask me that, that of the nation an and I'll give it to you. Ask of me of the nation and I'll give it to you. And I couldn't understand that. Ask of the nation. Because it now took me back to Genesis chapter 1 he said that when he created man, he gave them the power to dominate and to subdue. And the God was telling me then was, was the understanding I was receiving was that this was God's plan for us as humans, as his children. Not only to fellowship with him, but to control and dominate our environment. Imagine a world where we are led by the Spirit, where we are building a kingdom, where people's hearts are good and pure, where there is no evil, where there's light shining. And in the Bible, says that we are the light of the world, and as a city upon a city set upon it, it cannot be eaten. A light cannot be eaten. But the truth is, sometimes our actions—it's not just about being a Christian. Our actions reflect the light. The power of God in us reflect the light. You know, I would encourage us to just begin to just seek a new bit more. He's there, he's hungry, he wants to know us, but he's a gentle spirit. He will force himself on us. Jesus Christ, Christ will only encourage us to, you know, as we know him, we know the Father, as we know him we know, the, we know our Savior also. So it's not a matter of, if we focus on the Holy Spirit, we are separating, we are putting God aside or putting Jesus Christ aside. No, they are collectively one, they are equally one. No one is bigger or greater. So like my prayer to us as I come to death and end is that the fellowship of the Holy Spirit will consist- continuously and consistently be in us. That we'll begin to have a hunger and a cry out. Even if you're curious, just say, oh, Holy Spirit, who are you? You know, And it will spice his ways and his thoughts and his truths to us. Let us not just live our life just as Christians. We have enough Christians warming tears. You know, that was just as many of a few you chosen. that just decide to make a change in our walk with God. And say, God, I, I want to move from just knowing to believing. You know, I trust and I trust that He's speaking to me and speaking to so many of us that He begins to guide us into the right path. So I pray in Jesus' mighty name. Father, Lord, we just thank you for this time. Holy Spirit, we invite you. We know that you are so much more than our mind can contain. There is something about you that you are eager to reveal to us, your children. Holy Spirit, we just pray that you teach us about you. We are hungry for more of you, Holy Spirit. We, We want more of you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for the things that you are about to begin to reveal to each and every one of us, even as we go about our daily activities. Lord, we are grateful. We are hungry. We love you. Help us not to grieve you. Father, help us not to grieve the Holy Spirit. Help us to love the to understand, to be patient, to just be patient and wait and seek and know Him. Father, we bless your wonderful for me. We give you alone all the glory. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 We're just going to take our offering to just actually, we're Just going to take our offering and. We are grateful, oh Lord.